Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling, and I'm happy to be with you this week to talk about a topic that I hope wasn't a lot of clickbait, and that is doctors and fitness. So I'm not talking about physical fitness and the role healthcare professionals play in helping us all achieve and maintain that although that's a great thing. What I'm talking about, how passive investing might be a fit for you and looking at why healthcare professionals, as an example, are a significant part of our client base. Is passive investing a fit for some of the dollars that you have in your investment portfolio? I think it might be. And it's worth exploring why certain types of individuals in terms of their experience and expertise and activities they have going on in their lives and the structure of their lives, it might be a better fit for than others. So join me and we'll take a look at passive investing in a different light. As always, if you have any questions, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. Don't forget to swing by the Learning Center at marapolling.com. We have an exciting webinar coming up soon that's actually looking at healthcare professionals and multifamily real estate. So if you are a healthcare professional or if you know one, uh, pass the word along to them. We would love to spend some time chatting with them and sharing what it is we've learned about that particular industry and multifamily real estate investing. Okay, with that, let's go ahead and get in. So the real question here, beyond the tongue-in-cheek doctors and fitness comment there at the very beginning, is around passive investing. Is that a fit for some of the funds that you have in your portfolio? Now, we've talked before about the fact that every dollar in an investor's investment portfolio is not the same as every other dollar. There are short-term dollars. There are dollars that are intended to invest in higher risk investments. There are dollars that are shorter term and might be needed in three years or five years. There are dollars that are supposed to be generating income. And then there are dollars that are, I don't ever want to touch these dollars. They're my safety net dollars. What we want to look at is are some of those dollars in your portfolio or someone's portfolio a good fit to invest with an asset manager, to invest passively? And we've got four areas that we think it makes a lot of sense to look at. These are not the only factors, nor are the concepts we share about each of them absolute. You certainly could be on one end of the spectrum or the other of each of these categories and yet not necessarily have a perfect fitness to work with an asset manager. Or maybe you would, even though you have a characteristic or a factor that's not so typical. With that, let's dive in. We're going to look at four items, four factors. The first is engagement. And I mentioned the spectrum a moment ago. That's really the way we look at these is it's not binary. It's not, I want to be fully engaged or I don't want to be engaged at all. 
that and those might exist someone actually might be in one of those two categories we think it's more of a spectrum where i want to be somewhat engaged i want to know what's going on but i don't really want to deal with any of the stuff or it might be i really like dealing with all that stuff but i don't like those other things <laughs> i don't like doing the tax work or arranging financing but i like doing these kinds of things and so it's which end of the spectrum you might be closer to and just understanding where you are in terms of engagement. I think it's a wonderful question to ask yourself as you're thinking about making an investment, really any investment, but in particular, an investment in real estate, in multifamily real estate, since that's what we're talking about. What level of engagement do I really want? On one end of the spectrum, you're moving towards the I don't want the hassle. I don't want to be involved in anything. I don't want somebody calling me in the middle of the night about a toilet that's broken. I don't want to have to worry about finding a tenant when I have a tenant skip. I don't want to deal with any of that stuff. And I'm not going to hire a project manager, pardon me, a property manager, and then have them deal with all that and then have him turn around and just call me and ask me the same questions. That doesn't do me any good. I don't want to do that. The other end is the, I love every bit of this. I'm a tinker. I love getting my hands dirty. I, I've got 10 properties I own. I have so much fun. I love talking to my tenants. When they get ready to move out, it's fun meeting a new family that's going to move in. And both of those and everything in between are fantastic places to be. There is no this is better than that. There's no judgment associated with these factors and with where you or someone else might fall along this spectrum. And keep in mind, we're talking about for a select set of dollars in someone's portfolio. So there could be dollars that, yeah, I'm going to invest those. I'm going to go buy a house that I'm going to rent. I'm going to have some fun doing all of that work. And That'll be a good time, but I'm not putting all my money into that. I want the rest of my money professionally managed, but I'm going to do a little bit with this. That's completely acceptable, right? That could be the way that it fits for you. All right. So engagement is the first one we're going to look at. The next is time. Time is closely related to engagement, but it's not the same. So one is I don't have the time. I have too many other things going on in my life. Things that I enjoy doing, time with family or hobbies or travel, things that I have to do, obligations that I have, responsibilities that I have. There's not any more room. I've already got 10 pounds of stuff in my five pound bag. There isn't any more room. So it's not just I don't want to have the hassle. I couldn't do it if I wanted to. And the other end of the spectrum is I'm at a stage in my life where I really enjoy this. I have the time. Maybe this is someone who's semi-retired, fully retired, or simply has some personal uh, arrangement in terms of finances and income that affords them the time to be very involved. And so if you have a lot of time, 
you have a lot more options in terms of what you might do with those dollars. Now, if you have a lot of time, but you don't want to deal with the hassle, I don't think that puts you in a position where you would say, well, I'll just do this investing on my own. The I don't want to hassle probably wins out. Conversely, I really enjoy being involved, but I don't have the time. Then that might mean that some of your dollars get invested with an asset manager and some dollars, maybe you selectively choose something that's a good fit for you. All right. The third item that we're going to look at is who. And I don't know that that's the best way to describe it, but I think it gets the point across. Who is doing all this? On one end, you've got the solo practitioner, the lone wolf. You're out there doing this work on your own. You enjoy it. It's invigorating. It's mentally stimulating. You understand it. You get it. You've done a lot of work to develop your capabilities in this space. You feel very capable. That's great. On the other end of the spectrum is you're part of a team. You've got friends or more likely family, maybe a spouse, a sibling, children, adult children who do the work with you, who not only carry some of the load, but are going to be there to continue to manage this portfolio that you're building beyond your involvement, which may or may not be voluntary, right? You could get to a place where you say, yeah, I'm not going to be as involved and your children continue to manage that portfolio. And of course, all of us have our days limited and something may occur and you're not here and your family then continues to manage those assets. If you have that situation where you have a family that can support you, then you've got the ability to potentially build a private portfolio that you manage yourself. If you're doing this solo, well, what happens if something happens to you? Who's going to take over? Now, I'm not suggesting you're by yourself that you're single. I mean, you're doing the work alone. Spouse isn't involved. Children aren't involved. No family, no friends. You simply do this. And if something were to happen to you, whoever inherits these assets is simply going to say, well, I don't understand how any of that stuff works. Let's just sell it. And that may not realize the full value of what you've created. Working with an asset manager gives you the ability to do this work more independently and yet have your family still benefit when you get to the point that you don't want to be as involved or you're not able to be involved. And then the final piece is term. And by that, I mean, how long are you envisioning this occurring? If you're looking, as I said earlier, at making an investment that's a three-year investment or you're flipping houses, well, that really is something you can kind of do on your own. And if you changed your mind, well, within six months or a year, you're in and out of that investment and you're doing another one and you can do it differently. We like being long in multifamily. And if you're going to be long in multifamily, then this is something that there needs to be some thought given to, well, how am I going to do this? Because you don't have the ability to change that often. Now, term is different for everyone. If the dollars you're discussing using 
are five-year dollars, then that does give you an opportunity in five years to change up how you're managing those. Uh, maybe invest passively now because you don't want the hassle and you don't have the time. And the alternative would be to do the work on your own. So you are just going to invest with an asset manager to start with. And then maybe five years from now, you've got more time and you've learned more and you're feeling more capable and maybe someone in the family has expressed interest. And so you shift. Or you're making investments that are generational in nature, long-term investments that you want to set them in place today and have them function over a long period of time. And you aren't going to be able to be involved. You're not going to be able to deal with the hassle and family, friends, heirs simply aren't going to be in a position to be able to manage any assets that you might create. Well, then working with an asset manager might make more sense. If this sounds like I have stirred the pot a little and made it more confusing, then I've probably been successful. There is not a recipe, a step one, step two, step three, that can answer the question for you, should I invest this dollar actively or passively? Should I work with this asset manager or that asset manager? We work very diligently to pair ourselves up with families that are going to benefit from our skills. If we were to find a family who wanted to work with us, who really enjoyed being very involved with their assets, who had the time to do so, uh, where maybe it was just one individual in the family that really wanted to take the lead and the others weren't so involved, and they were making decisions on assets on a shorter-term basis, five years or maybe even less, I honestly don't know how much value we could add to them. There's certainly some value it's not the same value we would be able to add to a family that just didn't have the time and didn't want to deal with any of the hassles because they had other things in their lives that they were going to prioritize that were doing the work on their own and didn't have that family support, but wanted the family to benefit from it long-term and we're really thinking long-term, not five years, but 10 years and more, that's a family that we're probably a pretty good fit for. And that's something I'd encourage you as you're looking at potentially working with an asset manager is to find an asset manager that's a good fit for you. We, Mara Poling, we're not a good fit for everyone. There are absolutely clients, investors, who should and want to be passive investors and we're not the right people to work with them. And that's part of the process we go through when we're working with folks up front is to ensure that everybody understands what we do and how we do it so that we can ensure there's going to be a good fit there. And for those that there is a good fit, that's fantastic. And we want that to be a, a fit on both sides, right? We want clients to feel confident that we're a good fit for them and vice versa, that we have confidence that we're going to be able to serve uh, them uh, appropriately from that standpoint. There are lots and lots and lots of different kinds of asset managers out there. There's as many ways to play this game as there are uh, firms doing this work. So I encourage you, if you are a passive investor or looking to make passive investments, shop around. 
talk to people. I am happy to have conversations with folks to kick that off, to share documents with you, to share offering uh, materials so that you can learn more about passive investing. And then go shop around, go talk to other people. You'll see some firms take an approach of being uh, having scale, right? So they're large firms. Uh, they may have a different kind of fee structure. Uh, there's a bit of a, a different uh, communication and interaction that might go on there. Some of uh, some firms may be focused on shorter term holds. Some may be much more focused on returns. Uh, and therefore are willing to accept higher levels of risk. Um, and some may look more like us where uh, returns are important and most important is security and stability. And that's where the focus is. So I encourage you to educate yourself about that space before you make that leap into working with an asset manager. As I said, we have a handout for this week. If you'd like a copy of the handout, you can shoot it to me, uh, pardon me, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com, and I'll be happy to get a, um, a copy of that to you. Next week, next week, we are going to be working on 1031 chains. We are coming down the home stretch on the Mara Polling investment thesis. 1031 chains are by far... Uh, they're in the top three uh, in terms of popularity of topics that we talk about. So we're going to talk about what is a 1031 chain, how you build one, what that looks like if you work with a asset management firm and you're in a passive style investment, what it looks like if you're in an active investment, and some thoughts we have on how you might be able to combine the best of all of those worlds and Build yourself a 1031 chain where you don't need to start with a couple million dollars in order to do that in the first place. So that will be next week on our next episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling. <laughs>